Oh yeah, here we go, practice acquisition. There are pitfalls throughout the entire process. Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to another episode of Dental Acquisition Uncensored. I am super stoked about this episode. We've got a lot of great things. We discuss and break down how an LOI works, um, really the whole purpose of it and, and what the legal ramifications are of going through the process and how mechanically you need some key factors in an LOI, but a lot of it also is fluff, and you'll hear you'll hear some of that in the episode. We discuss kind of all the things that you need to be thinking about as you approach a seller and how to get into their head in a good way. Uh, the strategy in how to win a practice when you're making an offer, how can you differentiate yourself from the rest of the buyers? So stay tuned on that. That's more towards the end of the episode, and there's some really good uh, uh, nuggets in there that, that I think you'll take away a lot of value add there. Um, you know, big picture, folks, you know, thanks for being a part of this program. Uh, Startup Uncensored was a great, great program, and check that out if you're heading down the startup path. But Acquisition Uncensored is running through top to bottom how to buy a practice from, from start to finish. So let's get into it. Uh, LOI, letter of intent, breaking it down, let's go. Acquisition Uncensored, the truth when buying and selling a dental practice. And now your host, Michael Dincio. All right, all right, welcome, welcome. This is another episode of Dental Acquisition Uncensored. My name is Mike Dincio, founder of Next Level Consultants and your host for this program. Super excited about this episode because I am interviewing one of my favorite people in the world, potentially the world. Um, <laughs> go go back with this guy 10 plus years. We interviewed yeah. him on Startup Uncensored uh, on a different topic, but uh, we've got, we got a legend in the industry in the house today, Alio Romshan with Dental Medical Council. Uh, welcome to the program, right. my brother. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, buddy. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited that you're doing this uh, on the acquisition side. It's awesome. Awesome. I know. I know. I mean, the the other podcast, obviously, as most of my listeners know, is all about startups, but you can't do a startup podcast without doing an acquisition podcast because they're, 100%. they flip-flop. They flip-flop. You start an acquisition. Oh, that's not working out. Let's go startup. Oh, the startup. I found a practice. Let's buy it instead. So it totally. literally is happens like that, right? So today's topic, let's get into it, is the letter intent. And Ali, of course, is a dental uh, attorney in in and one of my, uh, like I said, my friends, but more so just a wealth of knowledge. He, he's an attorney in California, but works dental deals all over all across the country, lots of states. And again, the topic today is the LOI, the letter of intent. And we're going to break down what it is what the process of it is, yeah. but most importantly, like, how do you how do you utilize that opportunity to win the deal? So, but before we get it, Ali, give me a little bit about you and your firm and 
what you're all about, man. Sure. Thanks, Michael. Um, yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, I'm a dental attorney. And so this is what I do. Help doctors all across the country buy offices or do startups. We do lease negotiations, employment law, of course, uh, and estate planning. Uh, I kind of fell into this, as you know, uh, because my wife is a pediatric dentist here in the Bay Area. And I started, you know, when I worked at, at a bigger firm, started doing a uh, um, work for her classmates and her co-residents and whatnot. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much more fun, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, I, I'm enjoying, you know, working with, with this group, uh, so much more than, you know, the big corporations and whatnot. And so, so made the jump and, uh, it's been super fun ever since I have some lifelong friends who started off as clients and, and, then, and, you know, and I get to meet people like you who I've known forever and, you know, uh, ever since that lunch in, uh, in Blackhawk. <laughs> I the, know. <laughs> Gosh, that was 10 years ago. How many deals do you think you have done in your career? If you were to guess. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I, I wouldn't even be able, we, we, we do, we do on average about 250 or so deals a, a year. And so, um, so, you know, we just celebrated our 15 year anniversary so probably close to a thousand, man. I know. Probably close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's insane. It's, it's insane. It's you gotta add, yeah, yeah. You gotta so. add it up. You gotta add it up. All right. Yeah. So letter of intent, LOI. So we've yeah. worked our way through the process, as you know, if you guys started with us in episode one. And now we're at a place where we've interviewed I just interviewed all of the practice brokers. We talked about how to find a practice, talked about lending. Now we found our practice, right. whether it was through the broker or it's through finding it organically and we need to make an offer, right? That's what yeah. we're doing. Mm -hmm. So it's called a letter of intent because it's an intent to purchase. Walk us through what it is. Like what's yeah. the letter of intent? What does it stand? Like what's the point of it? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and it's important, I think for your listeners to also know that it, it goes by a couple of different names, right? The letter of intent, is the most common one, but sometimes some brokers and some people call it the, a memorandum of understanding and MOU or, you know, they have a variety of different names. But like you said, the goal of the letter of intent is super simple. It's to show your interest to the seller uh, that you want to buy this practice upon these agreed terms. And so usually um, it's all business terms. There's some legal terms in there, but really most of it is is business terms regarding how much you're going to pay and when you're going to pay. And we'll get into all of that. But um, but it, it's a it's a um, it, it's the first step of getting a deal done. Now, you might say, why 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 would you ever do that, right? Why would you ever want to take this extra step? Well, it's really a way of minimizing your legal costs if the seller. Or you, you know, if those, if you're a seller, um, aren't really serious about the transaction, right? Because if you can't agree on the business terms, then what's the point, right? Yeah. So yeah, what what is the point? And and I always say, like, when you're looking for practices, you're like on Tinder. You're swiping right, swiping left, trying to figure out. Let's get some coffee dates going on. Right. Then the LOI is more like, hey. I like you. We've gone on some coffee dates and some other uh, situations as well, potentially. And now we're exclusive, right? But still, very much breakupable. If that's a 100%. terrible word, is yeah. we can break up. So 
let's say we do an LOI, Ali, like what does that breakup look like? Is it a big deal? Is it not a big deal? Like what's that process? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a what good are they question. Protecting? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a super good question because this is actually where the first misunderstandings happen with an LOI. So, so an LOI is, uh, um, does not, like you said, does, does not mean that you are getting married at the end of, of the, the, the transaction, right? And so, so although you are going to be only working with this seller, if you're the buyer, right, it is not something that binds you to purchase it, okay? The LOI so, isn't. The LOI the is yeah, 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 exactly. It's not binding, right? So, so you'll hear that word. It's non-binding, which means that you can walk away from the transaction. However, everything that's in the LOI typically transfers to the legal documents that are going to be created. So, one thing that I hear a lot across the country from buyers, because as you know, Michael, you know what we do is we have a reputation for representing buyers. Um, and, and helping them become entrepreneurial and 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 you know in in their endeavors, and that's exactly right. Yeah, and, and that well, we hear brokers and sellers sometimes tell these buyers, just sign the LOI, get your offer in, and then we'll deal with it later. But that really defeats the purpose of the LOI, and so so you should really take it more seriously and look at it and say, okay, how much am I willing to offer? Assuming all the financials that I have, and sometimes the financials aren't very much, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, right. Especially if you're dealing with a with with you know a, a broker initially, you have some basic data, but mm -hmm. you submit the offer with Mike's help, and then once you have that, then you move to the next stage. But but you got to make sure you're comfortable with the sale price, with the closing date, all of that. Yeah, let's. That's per, you're like this is like you're leading the witness right now. What are the key? Yeah, this is perfect. What are the key things? Because it's not binding, right. but we we just you just said it perfectly. The business piece of it, like, what's the point of getting married if you don't know what the terms are? Like, when you're dating, right. do you want do you want kids? Exactly. <laughs> right? Do you are are you know how you much money live? do you yeah. make? <laughs> yeah. Where do you want to live? So, like, what are the what are the main pieces in your mind if it's not the legal? crap or it could it's gonna have some of the it's legal crap but what are like the main things like if a broker is telling our audience just just sign this and let's go like in your mind like what are the nuts and bolts the basic stuff yeah so so there's there's three portions in my mind of the loi and they go from like super obvious to less obvious okay so the first is the purchase price of course right? That's the most obvious one. How much are you going to pay for this practice? And, uh, and like I said, that portion needs to be discussed with you, you know, as the consultant, you know, it, so that you can sort of analyze it and maybe with a bank too, where they can kind of give you an impression of what this practice is worth. Now, they're not going to do a valuation for you as the buyer, the bank won't, but with their guidance and also, you know, you know, Mike's guidance, you can kind of come to an agreement on, okay, this is what I think this practice is, is worth, right? So, yeah. so that's the obvious one. Um, the second group is what are you actually buying, Dang. right? And so this becomes a little bit less obvious because everyone's like, well, I'm buying this dental practice. Okay, well, but what does that mean, right? Yeah. Are you buying the charts? 
how many years of the charts are you buying? Are you buying three years, seven years, or all, right? Hmm. And each one of those has different repercussions, of course, right? Uh, are you buying some all of the equipment or are you buying some of the equipment? I mean, I have had hmm. buyers enter into a transaction and then the seller says, well, I'm going to sell you everything except this cat cam. I, I promise my buddy I'm going to sell it to him. Or, or if they're like an endodontist, oh, uh, you know, this is my favorite microscope I've had since, you know, you know residency. I, I, want to, I want to keep that. You know, it's like, it's like what, what are you buying, right? right so I think yeah. that, that's the second grouping, right? Like, what are you actually getting? And, and this is actually, Michael, getting even more, more interesting because more and more people are um, using their name as their domain name right? For their like websites and, and emails. Mm -hmm. And so the question mm -hmm. is, are they actually selling that to you? Are they selling their name to you? And, and most, for the most time, you know, for the most case, that's, yeah, they're not, right? They're going to just let you use it for a while. And right. so, so, so anyways, that's the second category. And then the third category, which I think is the less, the least obvious to buyers, but some of the most important is the contingencies. Right. Mm. Like you should have as a buyer, a financing contingency, mm -hmm. right? Because there's no guarantee. And Mike, you and I can talk for hours about banks pulling approvals and things of that nature, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. And, oh, and, yes. And, you know, and usually it's not their fault. Usually it's like something funny that comes up in the seller's history or the buyer's history that like causes the deal to go kind of wonky. But but um, but. You should have a banking, you know, lenders contingency. You should have a landlord contingency, uh, you know, because landlords are getting kind of crazy and sometimes crazy, crazy. Yeah. I mean, we've seen landlords ask for like 20% increases in rent from, from the seller to the buyer, just because they know they can. I mean, crazy stuff like that. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, buying the equipment lean free. I, I have a deal now. Actually, it's one of the doctors that you're working with, I think. Uh, he, uh, you know, the, the seller had a sale price, which was like, you know, a high sale price, but that was okay. Our buyer was willing to pay for it. Uh, and then at the last second adds on a, uh, um, that, that the buyer also has to pay off the debt on the equipment in addition to the sale price. And, and their consultant kind of, you know, was recommending that, which is ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous. And then, and then they wanted the buyer to also pay for, uh, uh, for which is really funny for training on some new equipment that the seller bought on his own. Like, oh, I'm going to send you to so and so facility to be trained. So you got to pay for it yourself. It's like, it's like, what are you here? You know, like ridiculous stuff. So, so anyway, so the contingencies are are super important and allows you to kind of get out if you need to. You know what I mean? I love I love that. So, one hundred percent. You know, the purchase price is is obvious. The obvious thing, like you said, these buyers that the the there that's the easiest one. Um, what what about date? Date is kind of an important one too, right? Yeah, the like, closing date. Absolutely. That, yeah. That's one of those more obvious ones too. It's like yeah, that when usually you, goes with the purchase price. You're right. Yeah. Purchase price, right? Okay. And and what are you buying? That's uh, that that is so key. I've had nightmare stories where the exhibits towards the end have assets missing and especially the, the practice owners that own multiple practices, right. folks. I mean, when someone owns multiple practices, 
my favorite thing is this little guy for the YouTube watchers right. is a phone because you get to take pictures and videos and all kinds of stuff when you're doing that chart audit to make sure that, hey, why did you, why, what do you mean that's not included? I had a, I had a seller take a autoclave right after COVID. It was the only autoclave. Folks, we are in a pandemic. You kind of need an autoclave. <laughs> you kind of need one. Anyways, so so I love that. So what's involved? Okay. Um, yeah, I had, I, you'll love this. I had a ortho practice sell to my client and it was like a sports themed ortho practice, like, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, jerseys and all this stuff. And uh, we got involved super late, but the seller did not want any of the sports themed stuff in there to remain with the buyer, not even for like a limited amount of time. So on the closing date, right on the closing date, they took all of that away. Like, so patients walked in the, the next Monday and the and they're like, office was bare. Oh right. Man. So, so, and it's like, it's a theme. It. It's a theme. It's a theme. Exactly. And I, and I was like, I get it. You know, you're Joe Montana, like, you know, signed Jersey, yeah. you know, like you want to take that home. I get it. Fine. But at least like, let the buyer have an opportunity no. to replace it. You know what I mean? And so, so like those kind of things are just little things that make a big difference. Okay. So I, I hear that. It, I, I will say that most of my buyers are really nervous about the LOI because it, it's very contractually, it's a terrible word, looking. It's even when I sell my LOI, the seller sometimes sends it to their attorney because they because it looks very legal 100%. and it and it is and and yeah. you you sh and you should but it's a scary document let's talk about brass tacks though like i've had attorneys tell me that they will look at an LOI and definitely reference the LOI mm -hmm. but if the LOI is not really what they want it to say or whatever as the attorney you get to scramble that later if you want to am i wrong about that or no no, no I mean, you can always go back on it but you, you can you you can go back on it if you have to if you have to i i personally don't love changing the loi um terms unless um unless we find something that's contrary to what was said in the beginning when our buyer got into the loi now of course if i wasn't part of the loi totally different right. story right right totally that's what i mean story. that's yeah. what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah, you, yeah, yeah. because you as the attorney coming in later and i know that's a different episode it's what i guess what i'm trying to say is the loi doesn't chisel stuff in rocks we're not right. the purchase and sale is going to do that now do i think that you should go into an loi be really aggressive and have the intent to change it later it's not what i'm saying right but what i am saying is the practice brokers oftentimes use it as a formality just to get the deal moving that's not that's kind of an extreme right and then and then there's probably the attorney we got one on the horn today that's going to be the other extreme of like right. get your shit dialed in right? right but then there's probably some middle ground too folks right. and so i guess what i'm trying to convey is that an loi get get the three parts that ali is talking about here what are you buying how much what's the time frame 
and what are the contingencies and then move on yeah. and 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 let the attorneys work out the legal stuff. am i crazy here by saying no, that you're, out loud? you're spot on you're spot on because here's the thing it's a very competitive environment right it's a very competitive environment so so you want to use the loi as an opportunity to in essence be selected as the buyer now now in my opinion there's a couple of things as a buyer you should always do when you're ready to buy an office okay so so even before the you know we get to the LOI, right? So like step one is, you know, talk to, you know, Mike and make sure you've got your team ready, right? And so who's your team? Get a lender approved, right? So you have you don't need five lenders, right? You just need one initially, just to sort of get you pre-approved, so you can tell the sellers and the broker, hey, I'm approved by someone, um, and uh, get your lawyer right uh on board and so if you have someone like me helping you then then the sellers realize hey this guy is or this gal is serious right they've got serious. their consultant that's right? the like, key yeah, yeah exactly it's, it is the key because there's so many so many window shoppers out there and by the way not that there's anything wrong with window shopping like everyone does it right they like you look around, you get a sense of what the market is like, where you want to be. You start talking to, you know, Mike about, you know, looking at different practices. You start kind of dancing around. And then finally, though, when you get serious, you're like, okay, you know what? I want to get to financial independence. I want to build wealth. I want to become an entrepreneur. Then you don't want to go to a seller without your team, right? You don't want to say, oh, you know what? I've got some names. I'm going to go interview some banks and some lawyers and some CPAs. No, no, no. You got to say, hey. I got Ali as my lawyer. I've got so-and-so as my bank. I've got Mike as my consultant and a C I've got a CPA. Mm -hmm. Boom. Yeah. You're ready to rock because, because I like that because you're not just swiping right and left. Like we talked right. about right. right now, you are, you are, you have the intent of getting exclusive with somebody. That's right. your intent. And, yeah. and it, and it tells, and we, we kind of covered that up to this point with all the brokers and like, how to approach a broker we just got out of those episodes but ollie's 100 right getting that team dialed in and 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 just to stress that point it's the that brokers always have you guys don't realize they have people calling them every day like hundreds frankly inside three month period hundreds of buyers calling them what do you have what do you have and they only want to take people seriously. And right. the way you could express that you're serious is having that team on your on your side. Yep. Okay, so so okay. I love what we've covered so far. To me, the brass tacks of this entire episode isn't necessarily the LOI. I mean it is. That's the whole purpose of this episode. But uncensored style and and straight to the to the to the brass tacks here is we are in a world where there is no practices to purchase and i say that like there's tons of buyers and very little little practices to, to purchase so the supply and demand is just whacked out and it has been that way for a long time am i right about that ali Absolutely. like can you remember a time where it was a buyer's market can you remember a time no no i mean it, not, not in the last at least 12 to 15 years has it been a buyer's market i mean almost never yeah so you've got a lineup of buyers looking at practices and it's really 
who's the first one that can get in and start getting serious. So that's where the LOI is key is like, get that LOI quick. And a lot of buyers don't want to do that because they're nervous about the ramifications. So now that we have kind of not scared people to send an LOI in that the attorney can still rework it. If you made some stupid move, um, how do we get our buyers, our clients, Ali in position quicker, faster, easier? Like, I guess, What's the strategy on the LOI or just the process in general to get these guys in a, in a place where yeah. we're looked at more seriously, I guess. I, I, I think, yeah, no, that's an awesome question because it, the human psychology of an LOI is, is very important, right? It's, it's kind of like what you were saying. I love that analogy because I've used a very similar one, which is, it is like dating, right? And an LOI is, kind of like almost like a promise ring right it's like hey you know you know we like each other we've talked to each other we're we're ready to you know kind of take it to the next level and Mm -hmm. we're gonna go and here's my promise to you right and 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 to that effect you've got to be ready to kind of open yourself up and disclose Mm -hmm. some stuff and so psychologically when you submit an LOI a strong LOI with a team um, what it does is it tells the seller, this could be my guy or gal, right? Mm-hmm. This could be the transition. Now, there's a there's a seller psychology that every buyer needs to keep in mind as well, right? And that ooh, is ooh, ooh, folks, listen, this is yeah. this is the gold here. Understanding the other side. Go, go, Ali. Exactly. Yeah. No, understanding the other side's mindset and psychology in a transaction is hugely important. And here, this is where you're buying someone's baby right they have worked and had a relationship with their practice and all the employees in their practice for 10 20 30 years and now they're Mm going to hand this off to you right to Mm -hmm. you and so so to hand it off to you is a big deal and and also remember it's not just handing it off to you of course they're getting money for it but also it's a it's a it's a legacy thing Right. You know, they've built their name and their reputation and now they're handing it off. And they want that to be to someone who's strong and and whatnot. And so so when you have now we go back to sort of what we were talking about earlier. You have your team ready. Mm-hmm. Right. You you're, you know, you're pre-approved with a bank. So there's nothing in your mm-hmm. credit and stuff that you don't know about. You've got mm-hmm. Mike looking at the financial. So you have a sense because you've window shopped a little bit. But now you have a sense of where the price should be for this practice, mm-hmm. right? And then you get this practice that you really want because of the location, patients, whatever. Mm-hmm. And now you're ready to go and you're like, okay, I'm going to put a strong offer. Now, there's two ways of submitting an offer. You can come to us and we usually turn around LOIs in one day because they're that important, right? Yeah. And yeah. So, so usually it's two pages, short, sweet, you know, um, and we go, right? Uh, or you can use the broker, if there is a broker, a broker's LOI, right? They usually have their forms that's already pre-filled and you, um, you, we revise some minor things in there, change the price, and then off we go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, can, can, I, can I touch on that, Ali, just a little yeah. bit? The, the, you said two really good things. I'm going to say the first is using the broker's LOI can be problematic, folks, can be but not massively, but like, I just looked at a broker's LOI and 
I could see the percentages that they've changed in the right. seller's favor. So get an Ali or myself involved fairly quick before you're submitting any LOIs. If you're going to use the practice broker's LOI, fine. Ali and I are probably okay with doing that, but at least have us look at it because there's some things in that that you might not be okay with. And Ali oh. needs to explain that. And I need to explain that, right? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, remember what we said guys about, about it being non-binding about all these other things are what they typically are, but like <laughs> any contract, an LOI could become binding. Mm -hmm. They could have a deposit as I've recently seen that's non-refundable. Mm -hmm. right? Like I would never let you sign that, nor should you ever sign that. Right. Like there, there's just no reason to do that, but it could happen. And so, yeah. so just because we're saying it's non-binding typically doesn't mean that the one that you get from the broker or the seller is non-binding. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, so, so if you get it, great. We're not going to create our own, right? Because we want to put you in the best position to be selected as the buyer. But we are going to revise stuff slightly to make it um, to make it more advantageous. But you know, I think the mistake that some you know lawyers do and some consultants do is they they go in and they redline the whole LOI, yeah. you know, changing sentences for stylistic reasons and all this kind of crazy stuff. And it's silly. Uh, uh, so that was a bit c confusing. I want to not confusing in how you said. It. I just want to say it in a different way, just so it sinks in that there could be some things in the LOI that are binding. That's yeah. what Ali was saying. Yeah. If you're if you're not careful. But but it's meant to be kind of that promise story, the promise the promise ring. That's old school yeah, yeah, Ali, yeah, yeah. the promise ring. That that's that's old school buddy. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I I love I love it. I love it. Uh, Ali's a, uh he's a he's a romantic type. We we can tell. We already can tell. Um so so yeah, be careful because there definitely could be some things. So have professionals look at it. Um, the other thing that you said there, Ali, was to tap into the legacy. That was one of that. Okay, so we're talking about like strategies into winning a practice. There isn't a better strategy than connecting with the seller in a human level or clinical level. I'll say that again, a human level or clinical level or both outside of the business terms that we were just talking about. Like Ali's gonna do a great job. I'm gonna do a great job mechanically from the business perspective, but there is a way for you to somehow tap into their Instagram or Facebook page and find some connection. Or maybe like my buyer that I just got off the phone with got to go look at the practice for the first time and the seller was there to greet them and they spent an hour together. I'm like, we've got this thing because they connected on a human level and clinical right. level. Right. Uh, maybe it is um, sending your portfolio with your offer or writing a personal letter with your offer, because if there's a way that you can separate yourself from just the three parts that Ali just described, you got to have those purchase price. What are you binding contingencies? That's going to protect you. Boom, boom, boom. But if there's a way for you to connect somehow to make that seller like you more, yeah, that, that's a winner. Yeah. Can you think of anything else that's interesting no, or no, you summarize it perfectly. That's that's exactly right. I mean, it's it's a it's this it's it's this human connection part of it. It's it's the 
it's the business side will come, but the human connection is, is, is huge. It's, it's, it's huge. And, and, um, you know, and if there isn't the broker, if there is not a broker, the emotional side of this becomes even more important because, because one of the great things that brokers do in transactions, you know, they kind of get a bad rap sometimes and, and, you know, if some of them deserve it, <laughs> but, but a lot of them don't. <laughs> totally, <laughs> you know, uh, but, but, but a lot of them don't and, and they do a really good job of setting the stage for the seller to actually transfer because they go through this roller coaster, right? They're excited to sell because they're, you know, finally transitioning, but then they're getting fearful of, you know, oh, what am I going to do the day after it's sold, right? I, I don't have anything. I don't have any place to go. I don't have anybody to talk yeah. to, you know, that kind of thing. And and the brokers help them through that emotional roller coaster. And just as mm-hmm. we would help do you buyers buy. through the same yeah. thing, right? Fear of failure, fear of getting such a large loan, fear of, you know, you know, you know, the unknown, right? And so- Or the so, clinical so, skills. I've had people freak out about, maybe 100%. I'm not ready clinically. Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny, Mike, you see this. I mean, two thirds of deals right now are transactions versus startups, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people believe that having immediate cash flow from existing patients is really a good thing. And it is. It's a a wonderful thing. Um, But, you know, the the problem you have with transitions, uh, acquisitions, if you're not careful, and I think this is where the LOI starts mitigating some of these risks, is there's a lot of skeletons that could be buried in a dental practice. And you need to do your, your due diligence, you know, uh, from a consulting perspective and look at all the data and make sure it's all clean, you know, and, and all of that, you know, helps you ensure and minimizes your risk. Um, and uh, it all starts with the LOI. It does. It does. I, I, um, we've hit some really good things here. Um, let's talk about the last maybe few minutes here. Some things that can differentiate you from the rest of the sellers mechanically obviously price is one of those things you could ask you could offer more cash got to make sure that the bankers can can actually give you that money that's key if they can't where are you going to get that money it's going to be your own pocket are there any so that's the easy one the you you said the first part is the obvious ones date can we can we fast track and get you sold seller that's right. going to be good. Can I give you $10,000 more than the asking? That's an obvious one. Is there anything mechanically, Ali, anything mechanically from a LOI that could potentially give somebody yeah. extras? I think, I think keeping the LOI straight and simple for someone to understand, I think is the key, right? Um, if you have your team, and you're giving them a competitive offer, and then you give them an LOI that's straight away, very simple to read. They don't think it's going to be lawyered up, right? It's not like they need a PhD to figure out kind of what's in there. Yeah. Um, uh, it just makes that first step easier and puts you in the driver's seat, right? And, and I'll tell you, there are some, you know, I mean, there, there are some brokers who will not work with certain buyers because of the lawyer that they have, right? Mm-hmm. And and I don't blame and buyer rep and buyer rep and buyer reps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't blame them, right? I don't blame them because sometimes you know it gets too lawyered, you know, up and and there's a way of finessing 
the buying process so that you get what you want, you minimize mm. your risk and get the deal done and not, you know, kind of create all this animosity, right? Create all this yeah. animosity. I mean, you know, there, there's a, you know, there, there are lots of groups who, who do, right? You know, to justify a lot of different things, they, they create a lot of animosity. It sounds good, right? And they scare everyone, but they, they're not really truly doing their job. Now, you know? now, you, now you're in my head, Ali, because that's next level. I, I say, like when I'm talking to a buyer, um, am I against using the broker's LOI? I'm not because they're used to that language. And if it comes back on their letterhead, you actually will probably have a better chance at winning it. Now, we, Ali and I are saying, make sure what's in, it's not going to get you. But when we use, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie in my earlier days as a buyer's rep, I sent the long LOI with the next level logo at the top. Right. I did. Has that stung me? It has. Today, I'm sending shorter LOIs with the help of Ali. If Ali's involved, I'm definitely using his. But guess what? There is no next level consultant's logo at the top of my LOI anymore. Why? Because we might not want to tell the other side that we've got Mike Dincio and Ali Aramson on the side, right? So, so now you're start now you're starting to get into the strategy stuff. Is like, right. hey, let's once they accept the LOI. Then we can tell them Mike Dincio and Ali is right. is involved, right? right? Okay, so folks, get into it. Think about that because if the seller is looking at five other LOIs, do you think they're going to accept the one that's twice as long and with next level consultants at the top? Come on, yeah. Let's let's right. Yeah, that's that's exactly. Is that right. it? You, gotta, you just got to be smart. Yeah, you got to just be strategic and you got to be smart and. And uh, and and all of those things, you know, all, all of those things matter when you're in a bidding contest for a good practice. And to your point, you know, a lot of a lot of brokers have a lot of practices for sale, but that doesn't mean they have a lot of good practices for sale. And so, <laughs> so you know, the ones that are good are the ones that are going in fast, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes, by the way, for all of you buyers out there, they're not even hitting the market, right? They are they are being sold to you know, con- they, co- they consider them like pocket listings, right? They've got yeah, yeah, an amazing yeah. practice and they've got five amazing people or three amazing people uh, ready to rock and roll and they will move forward. And, and I'll tell you, you know, one of the things we've done is, you know, we've got a really great reputation with a, and, and, and relationship with a lot of these good brokers around the country who understand that. And, and they will a lot of times select our buyers as, as one of those pocket listings for the practices that are just really good because they just mm-hmm. know that the LOI is going to be is going to be well thought out. It's going to be straight. It's going to be mm-hmm. good. Um, and then the, the deal is going to focus on the most important things to get mm-hmm. the deal done. And sometimes the deal falls apart because we find out something that is crazy and we can't do the deal. You know, um, mm-hmm. but but I think we all know, you know to build wealth and get to financial independence, you got to own your own practice. So I'll end it with this, Ali, that you said something that was really good is like get your team involved and in what yeah. you need to do. Right. And, and having that team is super important. I'll end it with this, that your team don't, don't have an unhealthy skepticism of your team 
because they are pro deal. Sometimes buyers get this feeling of like, why is everybody pushing me? Or why is like, you know, it's good to have a deal team pro deal and like strategies of taking my logo off my LOI. The reason I'm because I want you to win it. Like we all want you to win it. Now we'll be the first to tell you, we'll be the first to tell you this is not a good idea. (laughs) We're not moving on this deal. Ali and I, have 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 killed many deals that's not a problem for us yeah but we have to, your yeah. team yeah you have to but but your team should be pro deal right like you don't want deal killers out there no 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 i mean look it, it's kind of like to use that same analogy you were using earlier right you know if, if you're if you tell your friends if you if you tell five friends you're getting married to you know to this incredible person you just met and you have a relationship with you don't want your friends to say, oh, you guys are going to get a divorce. This is terrible. You shouldn't even get married. Like, you're going to have kids with this person. Like, they're going to be the ugliest kids in town. Have, like, have you met their Have you met their mom? <laughs> like, like, that's not that's not the kind of friend you want, right? Mm-hmm. You you want someone who's going to support you and push you and 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 encourage you. And then if they do see something they raise their hand and they're not afraid to tell you hey by the way you know this person hit on me at your birthday party last night so maybe you shouldn't marry them you know what i mean and, you know and right. like, that's, right. that's a good friend right and that i think yeah. to your point is your advising team has to advise you with the idea that the deal is going to happen because that's what you want clearly because you're in the market to buy a practice and but as soon as something happens that's not good you got to have a deal team that raises their hands and says hey we need to look at this and we need to work together to resolve it and find a solution right and and so yeah i i think you bring up a really really good point you know so that's well hey i mean that's that's what we're doing here i guess uh that great episode today we discussing the loi strategies to win deals the the nuts and bolts of of the loi uh, Ali Aramshan is available to you folks. He, he, his work ethic is unparalleled. He's got. We're gonna have all of his info below here in the show notes. Um, remember to uh, like us, review us, share share the information to your friends. Um, thank you, Ali, for being a part of this. As always, my friend. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. This is always fun, and you're doing a great job with these podcasts. And uh, I'm. Uh, it's a. It's, it's it's a blessing to be part of it. So thank you, buddy. You're welcome, buddy. We're, we're having a good time. Well, without further ado, take off. Have a good day, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. See you guys. Bye, everyone. Tune in next time for another truth-filled episode of Acquisition Uncensored. We want to hear from you. Interact with your host, Michael Dincio. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube. Comment and subscribe.